Hey guys, my guest tonight, Mary Rodwell, and I will be talking about Starsea Children. Be right back. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. Uh, at least it's Monday in the U.S., and I hope you guys enjoyed your three-day weekend. To start a four-day work week. It's not too bad, right? Four-day work week. Anyway, welcome, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal problem or you think you have a paranormal problem, we can get you. It might take us a while because California is a huge state. A lot of people don't realize how big it truly is. But we will get to you. And in the case that we can't get to you, we do have uh, sensitives and mediums on staff who can call you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on in your situation. And if it is paranormal, they can also call me energy down until we can get out there. Usually it doesn't take us more than two or three, two or three, two to three days to get out there. Okay. But like I said, it's a big state. We've got people everywhere. If you want to find us, just check us out on Facebook. We're everywhere on Facebook. We're over at, you know, just Google us. Besides Facebook, Google us. You, you, you will find us. We are everywhere. All right. That being said, if you are watching from Facebook tonight, and a lot of you are, and you haven't done so already, and you like what you see and hear tonight, please feel free to follow because I do shows Sunday through Friday every week, and it's a different guest every night. I don't like to focus on just one topic, so we may veer off topic like I did last week talking about the opioid crisis. It just depends on the week. I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm a photojournalist. That's what I do. That's my real job, and I like to change it up a little bit, right? But uh, otherwise, it's mostly stuff like tonight that we're going to be talking about. If you're watching from YouTube, please, uh, if you haven't uh, hit that subscribe button, please be sure to do that if you like and see what you hear today. Again, you know, uh, that's just, it's free. Just go for it. Also, between Facebook and YouTube, if again, if you like what you see, show me some love. Show me thumbs up. Show, show, show me happy hearts, happy faces, whatever. Just just show, show me some love and uh, comment in the chat room tonight. Because what that does is that puts us up higher in the FYP on both those channels, and that that makes that kind of makes us the computer take notice of us and it distributes us out further. Thank you for the thumbs up, whoever did that. Thank you. <laughs> I pop right up. Um. Yeah, so that helps, you know, that, that helps get us out to more people, and that, that's the goal of this. Maybe you're sitting at home tonight, you know, and for some of you, it's 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 9.30 in the evening, uh, 6.30 here, and over in Australia, where we're going to be talking to our guest tonight, it's, 12, it's, it's 12.30 over there noon, you know, in the afternoon. So all these different, you know, times that we go out, well, maybe you're sitting on your couch, maybe, maybe you're having your lunch, who knows, but uh, just sit back, relax, drink some coffee, hot cocoa, whatever, and I think you'll enjoy the show. And if you're at home tonight and you're sitting on your couch, dim the lights a little bit, kind of make it more spooky, right? And uh, we're and we're gonna have a great time. My guest tonight, Mary Broadwell. I heard her on another show. And I've always found this whole linking with high, with you know the tests they do on hybrids and and starseed children fascinating. In fact, a few years ago, when I first started doing this show back, well, not a few years ago, around 12, 12 13 years ago. I had a couple of Starsea children on as guests, and it was a fascinating show. So when I when I saw and heard Mary on this other show, I was really excited to try and get a hold of her because it's always been an interest of mine, as far as you know, aliens and, and, and contactees go and all that. So I'm real excited to have her on. Just bear in mind that there was a storm whipping up around nine o'clock tonight. Well, we probably won't hit it. Six thirty-five here, nine o'clock our time tonight. If the power should go out, uh, don't panic. Everybody, just hang out here in the chat room. Mary, stay on. Uh, everybody, stay on. Because what will happen is Mary will go first and foremost on the screen. I'll get my cell phone hooked up, get everything going, get the show, and get my part as being the hostess back up on this thing. I'll be doing it by lantern light, but uh, the show will go on. All right. Okay. So without further ado, let me get Mary in here, and she can tell you about herself. 
and we'll start talking about Starsteen's children. Here we go. Hello. Hello, Charlotte. Lovely to see you, and um, what a pleasure it is to connect on the show. This is cool. You know, it's, it's just it's hard to believe that I could talk to you in Brisbane. <laughs> I mean, this is like the coolest part of the job, uh, what I do, because I can talk to people all over the world, and it's, and it's this easy. Yeah, it, it is, um, and I find it quite incredible, too, because I work with people all over the globe. You know, all I need is Zoom or Skype, and I can do the same. Absolutely. So tell me about you, ma'am. Well, uh, the shortened version is I used to be a nurse and a midwife once a long time ago, but ended up um, training as a counsellor and working with a whole range of what I call human issues, you know, hospice, people, grief and bereavement, family issues and whatever. But ultimately got more interested in the spiritual component of mm -hmm. um, what we are and what we are, um, becoming a hypnotherapist as well as a counsellor. And working with people, not just with things to do with this life, but other past lives. But also with all of that is people's extraordinary experiences mm -hmm. and extraordinary, although they're not so extraordinary, I believe now, because too many people are having them. I think it's a lot more ordinary than extraordinary is people that have had not only encounters with spirits, you know, angels, fairies mm -hmm. or whatever, but also non-human, other non-human intelligences which, you know, can be a whole range of forms, including humanoids, but also those that I call interdimensionals, extra dimensionals, transdimensionals, and those from our future. So it, it covers the whole gamut of paranormal, which you would understand very well, Charlotte. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, now I find it really interesting because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when you talk about counselors, you know, and psychiatrists and things like that, they didn't really believe, they didn't really see this kind of thing. And when people would come in, there was always that stigmata that that they were, you know, loopy. But I've noticed even with my friends that have gone to counselors, and even my mother from time to time, that the counselors became more and more open to it. How how did that happen? Just out of curiosity. Well, I think I wish it was even more so, to be honest, mm -hmm. because when I first came into this nearly thirty years ago now, most people didn't know where to go. They were afraid mm -hmm. to go to psychologists or counsellors or afraid to go obviously to psychiatrists because they were often as not given medication and told it wasn't real etc etc but there's been a lot more openness in recent years and and those that have been in those fields have realized that they may very well have had similar kinds of experiences for one but secondly if enough people are having these kinds of experiences then maybe it's not so uh, not such aberrant behavior after all maybe there's something real with this and i blame a lot on the truth embargo on particularly the et stuff because mm -hmm. it's because of that that embargo on the reality that we're being visited have been visited all through our history that has made people question their sanity when in fact it's been very real you know my mother um had dementia and uh so she would hallucinate every time she hallucinated but she was one of the best psychics i had on my team i can honestly say that my mother was really gifted and I remember taking her in, you know, to the emergency. And I didn't know how to approach the doctors either because they'd say, well, is she hallucinating? And I'd say, well, I'm a ghost hunter and she yeah. goes with us. So that depends how you classify hallucinations because yeah. she's seen a lot of stuff that, that, our normal, that our regular psychics on the team see as well. So, yeah, going through all that. I'm so glad there's people like you out there, you know, that, 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 that understand this now. Well, it's frustrating for me, and always has mm -hmm. been. We know that there's always been mediums, psychics, intuitives, and what have you. Mm -hmm. And they've all, you know, they're sort of half accepted and half not accepted mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. mainstream society. It's become a lot more accepted now. I mean, the bottom line is for science to tell us that we're only able to take as real from our five senses is ludicrous mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many studies, scientific studies on the quantum reality now, consciousness as being primary, that, mm -hmm. you know, people go out of body, astral traveling, all this kind of thing. People see things. They, you know, they may take um, things like ayahuasca and have extremely profound experiences as well. There's a whole range of death experiences, another one. There's all these different things that show that we're more mm -hmm. than a physical, you know, body, that we are able to go to other realms. Absolutely. Now let's talk about star seeds a little bit. Like I said, several years ago when I was on Block Talk Radio, I had Audrey and I forget who the sister's name was, 
They used to do, do a lot of TV shows, and they claim to be star seeds. What exactly is a star seed? Well, I, I'd like to say that I think primarily a lot of these recent generations of star seeds, but we're all star seeds uh, mostly in terms of the soul that's come from another place, and another place may be a, another star system. And many uh -huh. will say, you know, I feel like I came from the Pleiades, or I, I my origin was Arcturus, or another dimension, or whatever. So that's how people understand their starseed origins. But if we go back to our DNA and the mm -hmm. fact that we were, I believe, as many do now, that we were intelligently designed by at least 12 different star origins. We're all star seeds, actually. It's just that it's a term now to say that you are, we're not just, um, if you like, coming from a human perspective as a soul. We are, in fact, multidimensional and have had soul origins in other places as well as, as Earth. Okay. Um, when, when we talk about this topic, does this come from people? Does this, does, okay, does this come from just the alien DNA itself? Or is this coming from the years and years of, of contactees and abductions there, you know, where, where they were doing the so-called tests on everybody? Do you think? Well, it's, it's quite complex, I think. But what, oh. what we've been told by the research is that at the beginning, there were at least maybe 12 different species involved in creating Homo sapiens sapiens. Mm -hmm. maybe as many as 22. But since that time, those that identify as being hybrids, because that makes us hybrids anyway. Right. But what um, some people see the hybrid side of it as not just the father and the mother, but added ET DNA from a particular um, intelligence. So they've mm -hmm. got added DNA, which, you know, gives them that connection, if you like, to certain star systems as well. And many of the children, I to give you an example of one eight-year-old mm -hmm to me the fact that she was a hybrid water being hum uh, human and she explained that the planet she came from was a water planet and when she looks at herself she sees the water being rather than the human being and she explained that you know her abilities were that she could not only sense and hear music but she could go to the frequency of that music right to the person who created it and the emotions involved in that so they have these heightened abilities and multidimensional awareness this is what i'm seeing in the more recent generations that are a lot more awake and have more activated i believe dna mm -hmm. and how how do you have conversations with them do uh, obviously you're you you're a counselor so do they come to you or how's that work i mean do they email you or how, how, how do you come about meeting people uh it, it charlotte it's a bit of both really uh, a parent might write to me and say their child talks about going off on spaceships or talks about who they are and where they've come from. And often the parents make quite clear that they haven't in any way influenced the child. The child's spontaneously coming out with this. So it may be an email to start, maybe a telephone call, or they may actually come and see me. But it's often the parents not knowing what to do with that because it's so unusual. And I have questionnaires, not just for adults, but one for children, which are certain questions that give an indication that they are able to tap into more of the non-physical reality that we, you know, we talk about. Have you been able, like with the questionnaire or through your interviews with the children, been able to see what happened, I mean, tell what happens when, when they are, or when they were aboard the ship or are they still being taken, like as they're growing up, are they still being taken aboard or are they just left here? Oh, it, it seems that those, even the adults in their 60s, 70s and what have you, uh -huh. often uh -huh. they'll recall a certain type of experience, missing time, seeing craft as a child or whatever, most seem to have interactions right from the very early years, could be two uh -huh. or three years old, but they may not be aware of it going through their lives. Some will have certain periods where they say, I think something happened there because I uh -huh. saw something and then I had missing time. So often there's a lifelong interaction and also it's intergen uh, intergenerational because I will find that either the mother of them or the grandparent has had experiences as well. So mm -hmm. it seems to go down certain family lines, sometimes both parents, sometimes just one parent, where it comes down um, genetically to the, mm -hmm. not only the young adult, but the children. Is there a common thread in these abductions, you think? Well, let's put it like this i don't call them abductions because there's a different connotation to that okay? Right, okay 
Um, many of them will call themselves experiencers because it's an experience. Of course, it, of course. You know, there are many of those star seeds that don't see what they're having as abductions, but interactions with their star family. And they okay. see it as very beneficial and very helpful to them and, and expansive. So, we've, you know, um, and I think it's really important to say that when I was involved in the surveys that we did with 4,200 people with the free, the Dr. Edgar wow. Mitchell Free Foundation, we discovered that out of that 4,200, 85% had a psycho-spiritual awakening and, and a very positive um, reaction to what had happened. They believe it enhanced their abilities. They believe mm -hmm. it changed their philosophy into one that was a lot more harmonious with the planet. They mm -hmm. would change their diet. They would become less materialistic. So a lot of really positive things. There was only about 15% that were very, very negative about it. And what your audience may not be aware is often that the reason for that is not so much their ET encounters, but the fact they've been interfered with by the deep state uh, military, um, my lab kind of abductions, which are completely different and traumatized far more in my view than the ET side. For the people that don't know what my lab is, can you explain that? It's it's basically military abductions. They have the technology to abduct people, and if you, they know that you've been on, um, you've been having some interactions on board craft with certain star star beings, they want to know what what you know or what you've learned or what you've right. gained on board craft. So they will then abduct you. They have the tech, the same technology, and they can interrogate you, drug you, and get as much information as possible, and often traumatize you so you never talk about it. Because again, there's this big truth embargo on anything so that you're mocked or derided and laughed mm -hmm. at if you say well actually I saw humans there and they were in lab coats or whatever and and that's that will be the the one that's in fact been the most traumatic in many cases when people talk about this stuff I mean is it hard to obtain that information and I mean, do they have to go under hypnosis or do some of them actually remember them like 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 they might have a dream or something you know when it comes to them in a dream that's a very good question, um, and Charlotte, in the sense that for some people, there'll be snapshots of mm -hmm. memory. Some people have really good memory. Some will see it as a dream. And the reason that I know it's not a dream is often they've got all this details about their so-called dream many years after the, the so-called dream. And most dreams, as you know, disappear within a few minutes or seconds right. even, whereas if something happened that's profound and real, you're still going to remember it 20, 30 years later. And this is what they will say, that, you know, I still remember it as clear as anything, generally means it's not a dream and they were just in an altered state. And so you sort of interpret it as a dream, but it's not. Now you hear a lot of stories from people saying that once, once they are aboard a ship, that, or especially women, that, that, that they are brought a baby. You know, to, to look at this baby and they get the impression that the baby is their child. Is, is that yeah. more common than it's led on to be? It's actually quite common. Mm -hmm. um, and in my book, Awakening, I wrote about missing pregnancies, the ones where people say for a few months I felt I was pregnant. Then all of a sudden the, the symptoms just just disappear. Mm -hmm. And what we discovered is that many of those that have had these experiences are often taken up on board craft. And what happens is that they will be shown these, these babies and there's a, a sense of recognition and acknowledgement that they are one of theirs, but they've had extra ET DNA and are what we term the hybrids on, bo on board the craft as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, there's been many, many women that have had these experiences and been shown, but not just women, men too, have had their sperm taken and they've been shown children and told that they were theirs. And it can be quite as uh, very difficult emotionally to actually deal with that and what have you. But I've heard of some women saying they've had 20 pregnancies or whatever, wow. some of them quite casual about it and what have you. And I met a woman um, in England who said she was one of those that went up on board craft and helped the mothers that were brought up to connect with their hybrid children on board craft. And she was quite sort of casual about it. She sort of said, that's what I do, that's my role on board. So there's a whole program there um, on that, that level as well, because apparently 
from our understanding is many of these intelligences seed other planets with different mixes of DNA. And I remember an eight-year-old telling me that she'd taken on board craft and she was shown this process. She was actually shown by the beings how they um, create different hybrid species to seed other planets. And they explained it all to her and she was only eight, um, which wow. is quite, quite amazing that she was shown mm -hmm. that. It's quite matter of fact about it. She also said that they teach her, taught her how to levitate and use her psychic abilities. And that was one of the other things she learned on board craft. That's incredible. Now, I've also heard stories about women when, when, this, the, when, when this copulation happens, is that mm. the, there are like um, holograms involved, a lot of, you know, in a good portion of them, where they'll see, they won't see the alien that, 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 that's, that's doing it. They, they will see, just a beautiful human male they can certainly do that the screens they mm -hmm. can certainly do that sometimes they will have some that look very very human but they will have some where the person has this as you say human looking um being not realizing that that's a screen i mean mm -hmm. one of the things that um isolates people who've had encounters for example is that they may be very scared of clowns or santa claus or Okay. or owls with big eyes and often when you get them to look again they'll see a gray for example uh -huh. so often these can be a screen just so that the person doesn't react in huge fear because of seeing this unusual being and think oh it's just an owl oh it's uh -huh. it's it's but that what's interesting is they're often scared of those images because underneath it all there's an awareness they're not what they look like right 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 absolutely and you know when they are to, can you take me through the steps of, of just a uh, situation where someone's taken aboard for that purpose? What, what have you found out or discovered that happens when they're taken aboard like that? Well, one of the ways that, you know, I work, sometimes there is conscious memory, sometimes there isn't. They may have a little bit of memory of it. But if I take them into an altered state, and it doesn't necessarily have to be deep trance either. People think they've got to be unconscious to remember stuff. No, no, they mm -hmm. don't. They just need to be relaxed enough and trust you enough. Mm -hmm. um, they may, I'll say, now I want you to go to the first time you had this particular experience. And they may mm -hmm. say, oh, I'm three years old or I'm five years old. And I get them to look at where they are. Are you outside, inside or outside? They often say I'm outside and it's dark. Mm -hmm. And then I will say to them, so what do you notice in front of you? And they'll say, there's a light. Or they'll, uh, I'll say, do you feel, is anyone else with you? And I may say, well, I'm, yes, I feel there's other somebody else there. They often get levitated up into uh, by a light that takes them up onto the craft. And I'll say, where, where are you? They'll say, well, I'm in a room and there's, there's a, um, a bed there or a metal bed or something like that. I'll say, what happens next? And they may say, well, they're on the bed. And, there's, and I'll say, is there anyone else there? And they may say two or three different beings or they could be little greys or zetas or other beings a mantis being or whatever and then they will say they're doing a procedure now what you can do is find out when they're in that space what that procedure is and and to mm -hmm. actually have communication going saying well what is that what are they doing ask them and they'll say oh they're they're checking me out um, they do this ever so often or they're taking a little, a little bit of my genetic material to check other things or whatever. And they'll explain to them what's going on. So what's interesting is I often say, are, are any of them familiar to you? And often if they've had other experiences, they'll say, yes, this one on my right is familiar. Ask how many times they picked you up and they'll reel off two, five, seven, you know, and they'll go through. So you can get an enormous amount of information when they're in that space because the subconscious then just you know, just brings it all up because there's nothing getting in the way of that. Uh -huh. Often then they're put down or they've been told that they've been given some information that they'll find out and understand later down the track. Some of them will talk about going in. I remember an eight-year-old telling me that he gets taken up and he's in a group of other human children, but some children don't look human because their eyes are different. And he uh -huh. said, and we're shown how to use our minds and we're shown um, complex information. And I remember saying to this eight-year-old, when you say complex, can you tell me what it is you get taught? And he just said to me quite calmly, well, it's too complex for you. In other words, I wasn't going to understand it. Um, but how they, they can move energy. They learn how to 
uh, change things. They learn how to communicate in different levels with, with telepathy, whole range of different things. And this is not just one child. There are other children that have talked about what they learn on the craft. So we've got an educational system. I call it space school, where they're taught a whole range of complex things, apart from being monitored physically and what have you. Sometimes people don't realize that 50% of those surveyed actually had healing on board craft. That's 50% of 4,000 people had had healing procedures. So there's a whole range of things that can happen. And this is what the MyLab and the you know, deep state behind the scenes want to know. What are, you, what are they being taught? What are they being shown? What are they up to? In other mm -hmm. words, you know, th this is why they're so interested in, in experiences. And that's why some experiences get black hel helicopters outside um, and all this kind of thing, because they're being monitored, because often they know the people that are having experiences. Well, you hear, you know, the rumors about back in the, maybe the the late 40s, early 50s, about an agreement being made between mm. the U.S. government and the aliens. Do you think there was ever an agreement? I think that it sounds like it. it's credible because there's too many witnesses, um, whistleblowers that have said that. But mm -hmm. what I need to say is it's very easy for people on the outside to think that all a particular type of species are, you know, wanting to say whether they're good or bad. Right. What I was told by one lady that she knew of 150 or 162 species of grey. So what that indicates is there are obviously some that are self-serving and there are obviously some where people have really loving interactions and feel very connected to them. So I think we have to be very careful about how we judge from limited information. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would think that, you know, there'd be a lot of species of aliens out in the universe. I mean, for this arrogance to think that it's just us floating out here, it's ridiculous. But you got to think about that, too. It's like the U.S. You got the good eggs. You got not the U.S. so much, but you know what I mean, around the world. You got the good eggs. You got the bad eggs. So and then there's, of course, our different races on here as well. So yes. there's got to be that kind of stuff going on out in the universe. Well, they say as you know, as below as above, or as above as below, or whatever. I uh -huh. think that um, for me, I think it'd be very arrogant to even say, "Well, I think these are good, these are bad, or they're all good, or they're all bad." I think that's naive, and it's also uh -huh. very arrogant to say that because we don't know what we don't know. There's uh -huh. too much information that we need to make that kind of. Uh, judgment if you like so all I can go on is what my clients tell me how they feel about different beings and mm -hmm. and whether or not for them it's been a positive experience or not but often a very negative scary experience can change when they mm -hmm. understand more about their experience and find out that maybe it wasn't you know something really evil at the end of the day but something that was very positive for them and vice versa mm -hmm. so when somebody comes to me it's it's about them finding out for them what what is the truth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, when we look at starseed children, I remember years ago there was a description flo you know floating around on the web about what, what a starseed child would look like, you know, a hybrid, you mm -hmm. know, with the big forehead and all this. Is there a common description for them, or like you say, these other children that are aboard the ships are seeing these other children that look completely different from them? So is there a common description to tell if, if maybe your kids start a star sea child or or what? Well, there's lots of work? different pieces as far as I can see. Often I'm told by those that go on board craft, if they see hybrids, often they may not have as much hair. They may have bigger eyes. There may be different, different colors or what have you, a different shape of the face or what have you. So... I think that it goes with whatever they're mixed with, will be, which will be highlighted. But often they don't look quite human. Um, there's something about them that makes, and also their energy is different. Um, and that's, that's um, another part of it as well. They'll say, there's just something about their energy that didn't feel right or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and there's certainly that a little bit with the ones that incarnate onto you know, planet Earth and a bit different and say I'm a hybrid, often they end up, because their energy is different, being bullied at school because it's almost like the other children sense there's something just, just a bit too weird or different about them and they can mm -hmm. often get a hard time. Mm -hmm. In your experience interviewing people, and I've, I've heard from 
other authors that have said that when these children go aboard the ships, that it's kind of like a romper room thing where where, where they, they play games and they're doing stuff like that. Is, is that is that what you've heard and experienced? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and they're monitored, and they might be monitored with a number of you know, these intelligences. It might be a mantis being, it might be a humanoid, it might be a, a grey or what have you, and mm -hmm. and. Often the children feel very connected to these intelligences. They feel very comfortable with them um, and don't feel uh, fear them at all. So it, it is very much like a, um, an ET kindergarten, if you like. But often they're also taken to see other planets. And I remember, as I say, this eight-year-old saying that she took, was taken to a planet and she was shown how to levitate, how to use her psychic abilities. So they're trained to mm -hmm. work um, in, in that way. So that, you know, when, when I ask many experiences, you know, do you see energy or feel energy? Do you mm -hmm. see balls of light? Do you see spirits or what have you? Do you get information just in your head without you consciously learning it, you know? Mm -hmm. And many of them will also say they find themselves writing strange writing or scripts or coming out with these different light languages or languages or strange artwork as well. All of these, of course, are indicators that they're having contact. And this is how it manifests because they're bringing codes in, they're bringing these languages in, they're bringing in the frequencies. Do you think um, that there's a lot more contact with children than adults because of just because eventually, you know, disclosure? Because I mean, if the, the older generation is going to tend to be more afraid, whereas if they get them young and they start teaching them, you know, their, their ways and stuff, when disclosure does happen, it won't be such a scary thing for everybody. I, I think there's, there is a very subtle disclosure going on. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the government disclosure, which is still mm -hmm. just saying it's bright lights and they don't know where they come from, which is hugely, uh, which is laughable. Absolutely. But the, the new kids coming in are very comfortable with the idea there are other intelligences out there and what have you. So they don't, they don't have a problem with it. What happens more with the adults is, and, and this is a statistic that's really important for your audiences, that when we did the um, when we talked to this four thousand with you know six hundred questions and what have we, we okay. found seventy five percent of encounters are out of body. So you know for a lot of people it isn't a physical thing a lot of the time it is an out of body experience. So you don't remember that as much as you would do if it was your physical body. But these interactions may very well be going on very regularly, you know right up to you know seventy or eighty years old or whatever. So mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to stop. It might slow down depending on what their mission is or why they're here or whatever. Mm -hmm. But what is happening, and I wrote about that in The New Human, is these new mm -hmm. generations are a lot more open and awake. So they mm -hmm. sense more. They feel more. For example, they can see more of the visual spectrum. They, their sense of touch is five times greater than the average. They're hearing. They, they're able to hear a greater um, range uh, of sound, for example. But not only that, they're able to see more multidimensionally and, and are more receptive to operating like they, you know, they'll say they can communicate with animals, for example. Mm -hmm. They can communicate with plants. All these kind of what we'd see is extraordinary to them is not extraordinary. It's part of what they are. It's the only reason they have a problem is because they get shut down in our third dimensional reality but through the programming education science religion also you can't do that that's crazy stuff you've got to be normal you've got to fit into this little box and that's when i talked about you know the the fact that we've got these different kinds of upgraded children now which is a you know diagnosed as adhd and asperger's and autism certain types of autism and dyslexia they are actually often these new upgrades of children not fully understood a lot more multidimensionally aware, but they can't be as programmed into that limited 3D that we try to program them. And so that's why they can stay more awake and, and stay more aware. When we talk about what, multiple dimensions, what, what type of dimensions are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about the fact that there are multiple dimensions. There's parallel okay. universes, different timelines. Sure. Okay. And it just keeps going. If you look at, you know, the quantum hologram, I mean, there are so many things that that science is now beginning to accept that can be part of our reality. And we're just touching, talking about portals, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you know, stargates and all this kind of thing. And children know about them. They'll often just, I remember one 13 year old here in Australia saying to his, he'd actually drawn a portal outside the house and said, that's where the portal is, uh, Nan. So the, the kids are even aware of things like that as well. That's what's so extraordinary is their awareness and their understanding of this multidimensional reality that we exist in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I can attest to that. I mean, as a paranormal investigator, I've had countless cases involving little kids, you know, who are so sensitive. And like you say, they're able to draw these, these different, I guess, portals, like you say, portals. I had one direct me to a closet. You know, she says, hey, they're, they're coming through there. There's four of them in there right now. And yes. then sure enough, you know, I, I, I got that X cam thing pointed in there or sick people are sitting in the closet. So, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing when you come in contact with, with one of these kids. They're everywhere, Charlotte. That's the point. They're not just the odd one here and there and that they're rare. More and more when I, the parents get in touch with me. I've worked with about three and a half thousand families and many of them have got these children or whatever. Um, they don't talk about it. They, they don't want to expose their kids necessarily to scrutiny and what have you. But they're across the globe. I can be talking to somebody in Europe, um, Norway. It could be Brazil. It could be Africa. They're everywhere and they're coming in greater and greater numbers and they call them indigos. But there's also those that are called crystals, children of light, golden children. There's a lot of different names. And what that really means is their energy field has a certain um, purpose, like the indigos are kind of the spiritual warriors. They're here to change the system. They're here to challenge the system. And some come in as empaths, some come in as healers, and that's their energy field or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you talk about healing, let's, let's talk about that a little bit, about people being healed when, when, when they are aboard. What, what type of healings are we talking about? Are we talking about heart problems? Are we talking about back issues? What's been important? Uh, look, it, it can be a whole range of things, you know, from, you know, heart conditions right through to, you know, other other conditions, whether or not it's, um, you know, some mental illness or whether or not it's some physical illness. A lot depends. Uh, what was I'm just thinking of a, a particular unusual case, which was an energy worker in England that wrote me. And she said that she had tried to heal. She'd been asked to heal this lady. She mm -hmm. didn't know anything about ETs. She didn't know anything about that side of things whatsoever. And mm -hmm. she said, um, and I couldn't get through, I couldn't get past a barrier that was there. She said it was due to one of these things recently that have been given to people. I won't say any more than that. Right. Uh, and she just couldn't, she couldn't heal. And she didn't know why she wasn't, it wasn't effective because she was really good at um, an amazing healer. Which is the next thing she knows is this ET is standing right there. She'd never thought of aliens before she'd never even thought you know connected them to anything she said both her and this lady were taken on board craft and they did they actually did the procedure the healing procedure and brought them both back in she couldn't get over the fact that she'd been on board a spaceship with this being and saw what they were doing this lady that had had the healing a few days later was perfectly well and this lady that um who was the healer then started to see more and more of these beings and realized that she'd had interactions all her life along with the children, but she had no idea prior to that, that she had any connection to them whatsoever. So, cause sometimes they can come in different forms and you won't necessarily realize you may think you're they're your spirit guide or your angel, because some people, if they're religious may say, Oh, well, that's my angel where someone else may say, well, that's a light being just mm -hmm. depends on your perspective and how you interpret things. So often that's where people don't realize they've often had connections with these intelligences, but interpreted it differently due to their beliefs um, or their un understanding of that realm. Do you think that, you know, with all the people that have been involved in this, the contactees that have been involved with this, do you think that uh, there's going to be more contactees coming forward now? Do you think they're still taking people? I think it's completely changed from 20, 30 years ago when uh -huh. everything seemed to be very, still very unusual, very rare, rare and very, and still ridiculed in mainstream often uh -huh. as not. But there were still lots of people having stuff, but not knowing what it was uh -huh. or interpreting 
in a different way. Now people are starting to know what it is, so they're coming forward. And the difference is, many of them have said to me, I, would, I haven't talked about this for 20 years, 30 years, never thought I would, but now I, I feel like I've got to talk about it or I've got to write about it. It's mm -hmm. almost like there's a, a kind of protocol that when they reach a certain point in their lives, they have to a timing thing perhaps where mm -hmm. they're saying, oh, I've got to write about this, I've got to share my story. And I believe disclosure is going to come from that, mm -hmm. not far more than it is from the governments. More and more people are writing books, sharing their story right across the globe. And now seems to be an acceptance that there are, are all these people having these experiences. And it's become far more of the norm, a bit, bit like astrology was sort of still laughed at and people said, oh, you don't believe, you know, that do you or whatever. And now people take astrology and things like numerology very, very seriously because, you know, so I think there's been a big shift in the openness that wasn't there 20, 30 years ago. I agree. In fact, as a ghost hunter, I've been doing this for 18 years. And I remember when I first started doing it, when I used to go talk to a lot, like if I had to do a public place and I wanted to let people know I was filming and whatnot, and having to go in and explain to the people at City Hall, it was very awkward mm. back then, you know, to say, hey, yeah, we're ghost hunters. We're, look, you know, we're looking at this haunted building, you know, it's allegedly haunted building. But over the years, like you say, there's more and more acceptance. And so now it's to the point now where it's like you can talk to anybody on the street about it and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, my, my, I have a cousin whose house is haunted or, or whatever. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think it's coming, you know, the, 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 the more time it takes in the future, the more people accept it. There has been a great shift. And interestingly, for some people, it started in 2012. Mm -hmm. Others it's been since the last few years and all the dramas that we've got on the planet seem to have activated a lot of people. And now, you know, they, they will say to me two or three years ago, I'd have laughed. At, I would never have said any of this. I'd have mm -hmm. laughed. This is mm -hmm. this is rubbish. This is a joke or whatever. And now they're opening up to the other realms. They're seeing or feeling presences. They're getting information coming in. They're doing all these different things. And they said, you know, I it's all changed in these last few years. So there's an exponential shift without question on this planet to do with um, who we are and, and where we're going in terms of consciousness. What is one of the most interesting stories that you have heard? You don't have to give names or anything, but uh, you know something that you've been told that, that really made you stop and go, wow. Oh, there's 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 a lot. <laughs> um, it's it's. But I will go back to we were talking about the missing pregnancies. So I uh, that was a very profound story with one mm -hmm. lady who had come from England with her uh, two children, and the reason that she'd come was her son, the second one, she believed was a star star seed. It was in his it was in his, his teens, but she said to me that she was pregnant with another one after she had him. I'm um, being told by the doctor that you can't, you don't have any more because if you do, you could die because the other one was nearly stillborn. And she still hadn't made up her mind whether or not to go ahead with the pregnancy. And she had this experience one night where she woke up the next day and there was no pregnancy, all gone. No way of knowing where it had gone and, and didn't know what to think of it. But she had little snapshots, flashbacks of some, uh, this baby being taken. To cut a long story short, the, the hypnosis was very profound and it was very, very emotional because she wanted to find out ultimately because her son that was, um, her second son said, my brother's, my brother's there, he's on the ship. And she wouldn't, she, and she said the evil aliens, they took him, how dare they and all the rest of it. She had no proof or anything. But she wanted finally to get answers. So I did a hypnosis with her. I mean, it was very, very emotional where she saw literally in hypnosis herself being taken up on board craft. She was taken to a place where they actually removed the, the baby, the, the fetus, and put it in a special place. And then we said, well, I said, now you need to find out what, why this was. And she recounted, it was so profound. She said to this being that was in front of her, who was telling her exactly what the doctor had said. If you go ahead and have this pregnancy, you probably won't survive it. Um, so you have to understand the risk if you have it on planet Earth, basically. Mm -hmm. But you can have it here 
and we can look after it. And she she says, and she's in tears by this time. She said, well, promise me you'll look after him and you'll take care of him and that you'll love him. So she was trying to say, make sure that you'll do the very best for him. Mm -hmm. And they, the beings agreed. And the next thing she's shown in front of her eyes, this little 11 year old with a missing tooth and long hair saying, hi, mum. And wow. it was quite that I can't explain to you how profound that was because she'd mm -hmm. always believed it was against her will and they'd taken this child and whatever. But basically it was an agreement and mm -hmm. she had it verified by the doctor that she wouldn't have survived. And since that time, she said something really beautiful. The postscript of that was that when she was writing about her other son who'd had experiences, she says when she gets stuck sometimes, this being, her son, would come in and give her a hand and help her to know what to say. And she called him Nathan. But he would come in and she would feel him and he would talk to her. Now, that's not what you expect with Muslim pregnancies, isn't it? Oh, no. That's incredible. Totally profound. Totally profound. And it was so incredible because she'd gone for years blaming the ETs, saying they were evil. They'd taken her son. Mm -hmm. And she, didn't, she couldn't even look at babies because mm -hmm. it triggered her so much because of what happened. So there's things you don't expect. Right, right, right. I know I interviewed one gentleman here on the show who was an older gentleman, and he said that he had had around 14 children that he knew of on the ship. And he yes. said in this one, one occurrence that when they came, because at one point they were coming rather frequently for him, yeah, and he said he saw a, a, a girl of about 16, 17 standing in his yard, and right away he felt a connection to her and knew it was his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I had. Just, a, a, I, I mean, there's, there's one that was um, very similar of a, a flight attendant in Brazil who wrote to me, oh. and she said that she'd had these visits when she was a, uh, a young woman of this kind of feline being that she felt very comfortable with, uh -huh. but still had no more memory of that. And she said she was um, in a hotel seeing this little 11 year, what looked like about an 11 year old child standing there quite alone. And she went up to this child to find out where the mother was because she thought the child was lost. When the uh -huh. child turned around, it was part human, part feline. And she got, she literally ran away from her. She's saying, she, this monster, this is a monster. And it wasn't until she was later when she was taken board on board the craft and had her memory, she saw that this was one of her hybrid children who'd actually come down and was physical in the hotel corridor. And she found out not just that, that her youngest child, who was six at the time, she saw on board craft talking to her hybrid sister telepathically. And she actually saw that. So she'd got a hybrid on board craft and a hybrid daughter who was physical in the physical, having co uh, having literally a conversation and what have you. I mean, it just <laughs> blows your mind. It really it does. It does. Now, I'm thinking while you're telling me this, too, about the fear, you know, that, 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 that adults tend to be more fearful of this than the kids do. And I guess that's just normal kid stuff because kids, they don't. They don't have the, I don't know if they don't have the emotions, but, but they don't see stuff the, the way we do. I, I think you're, you know, in many cases, the children learn the fear of the parents. Uh -huh. If their experiences are not fearful and they feel comfortable with them, there's no uh -huh. reason for them generally to have the fear. It's often the parents that are saying uh, and explaining how they fear, what have you, because it's an unknown. And uh -huh. if you've only got limited memory, you're inclined to interpret often through that fear because you, you don't remember what you don't remember. And I was working with a lady in her 60s, and I always remember she'd, she'd gone with her whole family, been taken up on a craft, her daughter and her grandsons. And she was absolutely terrified of what she was going to find, but she wanted to finally find out what had been going on through her life because she'd been in fear literally all through her life. And so I said to her in hypnosis, go to the origin of your fear, not the craft going up with all the kids and the, uh -huh. the daughter, but the origin, where it first, where her fear manifested. She went right back to when she was two or three years old in the cot. And she was in the cot and she was looking up and she saw two of these mantis-like beings. And, I, and she said, I said, did they hurt you? She said, no, they were just observing me. 
So I said, they, so they didn't hurt you? No, it just scared me to see these two strange beings, you know, mm -hmm. as a little child. So the fear had come simply because they were unusual and strange, not because they'd, be, they'd hurt her. And so all the fear that she'd had all through her life just left because she realized they'd been helping her all the way through her life and they'd never hurt her at all. So it was that one time where she didn't understand and got scared. So sometimes mm -hmm. when people have the fear, once they explore it, they realize that the fear may come from what they thought may happen or could mm -hmm. have happened, not necessarily what really did happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another question I have that's, that's been going through my mind during this interview is when people come back from these tests that they're getting, and like you say, some are healed, you mm. know, their illnesses. For the other people that are being tested, do they feel anything? Is, is, is there any discomfort from, from, from the, the test that they've had? Or do they just get up and feel normal the next day? Well, some that will be aware something's happened. Sometimes there'll be little marks on their body or whatever. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's three little triangular dots or there might be a rash or whatever. Or they may feel uncomfortable or they may feel just really tired. Mm -hmm. you know, for a few days or what have you. But some have had really serious illnesses and have been cured of it. And uh, Preston yeah. Dennett's written a wonderful book, yes. 100 Documents of Healings. Yes. And that was one of many. And it just shows you that there is so much more to this than we realize. Mm -hmm. And that in itself, when people say, well, they're all bad, I said, well, why would they bother to heal people? Unless mm -hmm. a very important reason why they were doing that. And, mm -hmm. the, you know, so for me, I think it's very limiting and limited to think or make judgments like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, going back to children aboard these ships, I have heard stories of children saying that they were actually taken to the cockpit and they've been able to fly these ships, you know, where they have allowed them to do that. Have you heard stuff like that? Yes, absolutely. But I've also heard, um, and uh, I can give you two examples of this, sure. um, and I expect it's, there's a lot more. When I was working with one young woman, she described that she was on board craft, but she wasn't in a human body. She was in a, a gray Zeta body as a scientist, and she was working as a scientist on board craft. And so I said to her, where's your human body? And she sort of pointed to one side. And I said, well, how do you get back to your human body? And she described a ball of light leaving the, the, the gray body and moving back into her human and reanimating her human body. And she's not the only one. And one was an eight-year-old who said that the mantis beings are his, his family, his ancestors. And he said when he goes on board craft sometimes in his human body, he evaporates into the mantid form for a time and then comes back into his human form. So sometimes I think what happens is they may go into another form or another container, avatar, whatever name, and, and maybe fly the craft. So not necessarily always in their human mm -hmm. human body. Or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was just thinking, as you were saying that, maybe the, maybe the oxygen mixture is different up there or there's no oxygen at all and they have to go into this other body or even survive up there. Well, I think, you know, what do we do when we can't, if we go underwater, we have to put on a suit yep. to allow us to operate underwater and what have you. So it's a similar kind of thing. It may be the atmosphere doesn't allow for certain things mm -hmm. and they give us, and, and so there's an avatar waiting there for the, the soul to inhabit for a limited time to do the task. I mean, there's so much really that we don't know, Charlotte. You know, we really mm -hmm. just, we're, we're, we're scratching the surface of something highly right. complex um, right. and very amazing. What do you say to someone who thinks that they might be abducted, uh, who might be involved, a contactee in, in all this, and, and, and they want to get their story out? Well, I'd say uh, honor, first of all, your experiences. If you do have still blank spots where your memory isn't so good of being a child, that's very classic. Um, mm -hmm. I have a questionnaire. They're very welcome to, because there's things there you might not think are related, but are patterns mm -hmm. of experience. The more you understand, the more you seek understanding, the better you're going to feel about yourself and what's going on. I, I say, find out, you know, look into it. And the more you hear about other people's stories, the more that may just trigger more awareness in you. And if you feel like you want to write your story, go ahead and do it because the only way we're going to get this planet and people in it to finally understand what's going on is for people like yourselves telling their story and, and owning their truth because this is what it's all about.
Do you think a lot of it, I mean, like you say, uh, the, the last 10 years, you know, people are coming more and more forward with it because it's more of an everyday thing. But do you think there's still some fear there that, that holds people back from, from saying this stuff? I think so. It, a lot depends on the family mm -hmm. and, you know, the relatives. Um, mm -hmm. And some people really are, are afraid of judgment. I remember right. an Indian, a young adult Indian young man saying he was a star seed and knew he was. He said, but my countrymen and my relatives uh, believe, you know, that all these gods, we've got about 100 gods, he said, believe these are gods when I know they're extraterrestrials. He said, so I can't ever say to them, well, actually, they're not. They're not gods and you worship them. Uh -huh. So for him, it was, it couldn't, he couldn't say it because of the belief of those around him. And uh -huh. this happens with people that have maybe fundamentalist beliefs, or um, for example, whose parents are, are so entrenched in that belief don't feel safe enough to come out and say, well, actually, that's not how I see myself. That's not, that doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't resonate. And I've had some even threaten to, you know, end their lives because it makes it so difficult for them. So the isolation around that, if you're in an environment that doesn't accept your experience is really very real and, you know, and very hard. Absolutely. So what's next for you? Oh, continuing to do the work that I do, um, which is helping people connect the dots more, more, more and more um, and getting involved more with understanding myself so I can help more people. So that's what I do. And, um, you know, this is why I do these interviews with wonderful souls like yourself that help put this information out there, because without you, we can't we don't get the information out and, and it helps people enormously to feel more normal and to feel confident and to feel safe to tell their truth. So that's what I do it. Well, absolutely. And that's what I always like to say about this show is that it's a learning experience on this show because we're forever having, to, we're forever learning about things. It yeah. could be a familiar topic, but there's always something to learn always and getting the word out about this stuff. Absolutely. Spread. You know, if, if I could reach one person with this show that maybe had an experience that hasn't come forward yet, maybe they contact you or somebody else. I've done yeah. my job, you know, Absolutely. as far as that goes. How can people find you? Oh, just go on Google and Mary Roddle, um, <laughs> au or maryroddle.com.au, the alien lady, any of those. Facebook. Alien lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, any of those will, will find me. And there's questionnaires on the website. And they can contact me then very easily. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure, Charlotte. And take care and look after yourself because you're doing a great job. Thank you. Maybe we can get you back on you know, later on in the year or something and, and catch up with you. Okay. That will be All wonderful. Right. All yeah. right. You have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. That was fascinating. And I love talking to 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 people like her because I learned so much from them and, and uh, it was very, very educational. Tomorrow, please note in your schedules, we will be on at noon. Our good friend Mark Ollie is going to be on with us and we're going to be talking for something a little different. We're going to be talking about King Arthur. He's got some interesting information about King Arthur that he wants to share with everyone. And so uh, we've been planning this show for quite a while and doing it and got sidetracked. Well, not sidetracked, but got to talking about the, the uh, alien abduction stuff you know, that, that we talked about the last time when he was on the show. But this time we're definitely going to hit that King Arthur stuff. So that'll be tomorrow at noon Pacific for everybody. All right, I'm going to leave you with her information, her contact information, and make another quick announcement and that we will be holding an event in March, and I'm putting that together right now. And as soon as I have all the details on that, I will be posting that here as well. But I want to thank everybody for coming. Um, if you like the show, share it with four people. Share it with four people. Well, look at where I'm at tonight. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated it, share it with five of your enemies. You know, we're just trying to get the word out about our show. You know, let, the, let your relatives know and all that good stuff because we're always looking for followers and, and subscribers. Okay, here we go. Here's your contact information, and I'll let you guys go back to your day, and I'll see you guys tomorrow at noon. So here we go. So you got some websites. You've got consciousnessandcontact.org, acern.com.au, and she has a Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash acern.org. Co Australia. 
The books are The New Human and Awakening. And of course, you can get those at Amazon. And again, like she says, go ahead and Google her name because that's that's how I found her. I just Googled away and uh, there she was. Poof. All right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow uh, noon at Pacific for Mark Ollie, and we're going to be talking King Arthur. Have a great evening, everybody.